I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Donner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. Today's guest caught my attention because she is all about our self-worth. Raising two daughters has made this in the forefront of my mind, always aware of empowering them to know how worthy they are. Just think, when we are born, we are so worthy. We cry and demand our parents to help us because we know our worth. Then as we grow up, we begin to doubt or question our worth by comparing ourselves to others or self-sabotaging ourselves. I know my listeners are the one like me who are always working on their self-worth. It's a constant, especially these days when everyone's life is exposed on social media. My girls just got home from competing in a pageant this past week. They have competed since they were eight years old. Some of you might think a beauty pageant, but it's a self-confidence pageant. Yes, they get to put on those pretty dresses and get their hair done. But the result of the years they have been competing has been realizing their self-worth and owning who they are and who they are striving to become. Even at my age, I can catch myself questioning my worth. I'm getting really good at recognizing it because I've done the work and have an awareness of when it shows up in my life. When I look back at my life, however, I can see so many choices I made on my lack of self-worth. That is why I have such a driving force to empower my girls and the kids in my Raising Confidence course to have an unlimited amount of self-worth. When I teach kids these powerful mindset tools, a morning routine, a gratitude practice, how to set goals and dream big and take action, and other tools that will allow them to see their worth and make the right choices because they know their core values, and get rid of any self-limiting belief that is hindering them to see who they truly are, the self-worth expands and the knowing of who they are and why they are here becomes a beautiful result in each and every student. When I see my students transform in eight short weeks, I know they are ready to take on this world with so much confidence and a drive to become whoever they dream of becoming. We can all be, do, or have anything and are worthy of knowing that deep down inside, life is a gift and we are here to grow and take big leaps and know we are all worth it and deserve every gift life has to offer. There is truly no limits. If you or your child would like to get on the waiting list for one of my courses, either Raising Confidence or the Manifesting Magic course for adults, please click the link in the show notes or go to my website ashleygonner.com, or you can always email me at ashleygonner at gmail.com. I am on a mission to show as many people as I can how worthy they are of living a truly magical life. So now on to our episode today, all about self-worth with 
Christine Baird. Her story is incredible. I know each of you will relate to her and will have so many takeaways on how to expand your worth in every area of your life. Let me give you a little background on Christine before we get started. After six years in corporate sales, Christine did a career 180 and has been working in podcasting, event production, and influencer branding since 2014. She worked on Lewis Howe's brand, The School of Greatness, for four years, where she got to grow his top-ranked podcast from less than 1 million downloads to over 80 million. Now she's pivoted to supporting micropreneurs create and grow their shows and impact. She consults and strategizes on personal brand and branded podcasts, and she trains teams to become in-house producers of high-quality media. Christine also hosts her own podcast, The Worthful Project, and is the co-host of the Think Like a Producer podcast. She's passionate about owning her worth and inspiring others to do the same. So without further ado, please welcome Christine Baird to the show. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you here and to have learned about you and your sweet little voice and your story. And, you know, when I, when I learn about people that I'm bringing on the show, I always want to find their magic. And I guess uncover your magic is why I called uncover your magic because everyone has magic. And when I listen to your story and I could be your mother, (laughs) but you know, it's like listening to your story and about worth. And in my intro, I talk about worth because I raised two girls and one day you will have your children. I don't know if they will be girls or not, but they could be 50-50. And it's so important to have worth, self-worth and to be worthy and to, as a woman, especially growing up and knowing your worth, <laughs> it's priceless and that you focus on that. And that you have a podcast called The Worthful Project. And all the things that you represent is why you're here and why I believe in it and why I know my listeners will resonate. Because as a 52-year-old, I work on myself every day and have since I could remember. I've always been into personal development. But it's not an easy thing to have self-worth, especially when you're raised with not when you're always searching, which is what I do for my students is so important to me. But I want you to go back to your magic and how you were, you know, you had the greatest grades and all that. And you went to college and you thought this was how life was supposed to be, but how you discovered that and your story. Mm. And you can start wherever you want, but it's that, you know, that place where not that you discover your self-worth, because I think we're all on the journey every day to have that feeling of knowing who we are and how worthy we are. I mean, though, I always think that when we're babies and we're, that's when we know our worth, right? <laughs> that's when we are a hundred percent worthy, but please go take me to where you want to go, Christine. Well, I love that you brought up babies because that's my favorite reference too. I'm like, the evidence is clear wherever we come from, when we come into this experience, we are totally aware of our worth and we will do whatever we can, even if it's just cry and squirm to be like, Hey, my needs matter. I'm here. Like, it's not a question when we're infants. And so I think it's like one of the most profound things to remember on any given day. Like I have not always 
struggled to own my worth. Like there have been times in my life where I have been in total ownership. But for me, this really came home when, like you said, I had been a super normal, like little millennial, good grades, college, graduate, get the corporate job, move to the city, apartment, like all the things. And I've been working this corporate job for about six years. I was selling insurance in a cubicle. That's, you know, just literally out of a movie. I mean, right. And this was about 2013. So it was right when podcasts were starting to like come sort of in full force. And it was still the early days. And I stumbled across this show, The School of Greatness. And it was really fascinating to me because unlike you, I had not like been raised in self-development. Like I just had a totally normal American childhood. And so these concepts of listening to incredible people tell the stories of their lives, the stories of their magic, the stories of their downfalls and heartbreaks and rock bottoms and coming back were just like amazing to me. Like I couldn't stop listening. And so after about a year of listening to a few of these like self-development, well-being, entrepreneurship shows, I had like a quarter life crisis and decided (laughs) dramatically one day I am going to go the other way. I don't know how people make money and how they live, but I'm going to leave corporate America and I'm going to find out. And so long story short, I literally had the courage to do this because of the podcast I had listened to. Like quite literally the show you host, the conversation we're having right now is exactly the kind of conversation that I would have listened to for like a year to, you know, 18 months that gave me the courage to be like, there is a way people have done this. And this, mind you, this was back in 2014 at that point. Like social media was not what it is today. Influencer was not a word. Podcasts Mm -hmm. were like a very new thing. Right. And I was like, I'm doing it. And there was like a fire in my gut. So I quit my corporate job. I left my internship because I'd been planning on becoming an interior designer. So I'd gone back to school, gotten a second degree, was very burnt out, as you can imagine. I finished it all on the same day. And I was like, we're going to do something. So I went to therapy for the first time in my life. I did like a 30-day yoga challenge. I sat on my couch and looked out the window for that summer. And then by the end of the summer... What had happened was I had cold emailed the host of this show that I'd been listening to, The School of Greatness. And by the end of that summer, he had offered me to come edit the podcast and move to Los Angeles and kind of work with him. And that's what I ended up doing. So I took this massive leap and I was 27 at the time. And I remember thinking to myself, it's now or never, like it's never going to be easier to take a dramatic leap. And if everything goes horribly, you can always just like go get a corporate job, pay off all your debt. Right. And so I did it and I moved to Los Angeles. I got immersed in this world of self-development, entrepreneurship, influence, all the things you can possibly imagine. And I ended up becoming the producer of that show. And I was there for four years and it was just extraordinary. I mean, I just had the privilege of sitting in the room with some of the most amazing yeah, people. Yeah, I know. I can't imagine. But I listened to Lewis Howes and that was one of my first podcasts that yes. I listened to when I first learned about podcasts. But what is the moment where you're like, I'm going to email Lewis and ask him for a job? Like, yeah, that really you... happened. <laughs> so let me see. What happened was 
I had this dramatic moment when I woke up. It was like a Saturday morning in February, I remember. And I just was like, there is a way people somehow do life differently. And I went to his website because I was like, literally, I'd never gone to his website. I didn't follow him on Instagram. I don't think I was on Instagram, to be honest. This was like 2014. (laughs) And I was just like poking around his website. I was like, how does this guy make money? And I was on the bio page of his website and I noticed this typo in like the first line of his bio. And I was like, oh, I got to tell him about this. Like, I'm a fan. Like, this is my responsibility. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So I emailed him through the contact form on his website and was like, hi, big fan. Thank you so much. BTW, there is a typo on your bio page. Oh, funny. And that is literally how the conversation started. And then once he replied, I was like, oh, I, this is it. I'm here. And then I I just was very audacious and started sort of showing him that I was a great person to hire. <laughs> and after a couple of months, he took me up on it. So you go there, you, you trust your intuition, right? You go to Truly. LA, totally, and just say, I'm just going to do this. But it's him. So now he's creating, because his his show isn't what it is now. Right. No, it was not. It wasn't even filmed at that time. It was just, now it's like a million subscriber YouTube channel. (laughs) I know. So when I look at starting a podcast, you know, who knew, I I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I didn't know what I was going to call it. I didn't know who was ever going to show up to be interviewed or what I was going to talk about. But then when you look at people like that, you think, oh, he's got his, you know, brand and he's built it to this, you know, whatever he has all these amazing people on, like, how does he do that? How does he get these names to sit in front of him? Kobe Bryant. I remember listening to when he had Kobe Bryant and he drove up to Orange County. And I remember him talking about going in there and late and it was early and it was dark and how Kobe was already there and all these stories of these amazing people. But you were there to watch that. Are you the one that went with him in the car? Is that you? Literally Kobe's interview got filmed the week after I quit. And I knew, I knew in my heart, it had been the perfect time for me to step down because I was like nonplussed. I was like, I couldn't care less that I'm not going to meet Kobe. And I was like, well, that's a sign that it was the right time for me. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But tell me people, like, give me some examples of people that you started meeting and that started making you like even grow more and learn and say, gosh. It was incredible because my work ended up also becoming a place of huge self-development, which is obviously pretty unique. Right. So yeah, I would go to work and really I would just be like learning from. Right. Well, it was that. a school of greatness, right? For oh you. my word. Yeah. <laughs> so it was so fascinating because it would be like one day it would be like a musician like Andy Grammer or like an incredible performer like Lindsay Sterling or Rachel Platten, like they would, you know, and then the next day it would be like a former Olympian like Apollo Ono or like some legend. And then the next day it would be, you know, a New York Times bestselling author, like world renowned therapist, like Esther Perel or Joe Dispenza. Like, Mm. I mean, and at the time, some of these people weren't as well known as they are now. Like they were extremely impressive, but they hadn't sort of exploded on social media. So like, I remember the first time Mel Robbins was on the show, literally she was a no name. Like all she had done was corporate speaking events. And then this was like one of the first ever podcasts she did. And she was geeking out to be on this show. And it's like Mel Robbins is now like had her own, like, you know, 
mainstream TV show and is like massive. And the same thing with Joe Dispenza. I think the School of Greatness might have been the first podcast he ever did. And like, so he was, you know, brilliant. He'd written, but like, he wasn't known on that circuit. He wasn't known on social media. And I remember, you know, kind of sitting there during that interview and I was like, oh, this guy's about to explode. You know, Jay Shetty, similarly, like he, and so, and then there were times through years, you know, where it was like huge people like Brene Brown or Tony Robbins who were like very well established. We were all like, oh my gosh. But I think what was so powerful for me kind of, the takeaway was I had this experience of sort of being the producer. So I was the one like greeting the guest, chatting with them before the interview, making sure everything was good, you know, afterwards liaisoning with their team about whatever. And so I got to see very, very human, personal, intimate sides of everyone because the studio space at the time was literally in Lewis's home. Now he has like a studio built out in like a, you know, office space, but we were literally inviting people into his home and they didn't know that when they were arriving. So it was this extremely intimate experience. And it taught me firsthand over the years that I produced that show that everyone on planet earth is dealing with the same stuff, struggling in the same ways and needs the same things, you know, love, belonging, validation, warmness, kindness, It was so powerful and I'll never be, you know, different after that experience because I learned like, it doesn't matter how successful, how famous or how well-known you are, Mm -hmm. you are still on the path of learning to master yourself, develop happiness, own your worth. (laughs) Like it was so profound. And so I was a great privilege and I'm just so delighted. And it's also definitely felt like a responsibility on my shoulders, like, the work I need to take and continue forward from that is supporting people and owning their worth because I got to sit on the front row and see some of these extraordinary people tell the stories of how they learned to do that. And like, it's my responsibility to like continue that work forward. You mean with your clients that you help with podcasts? Exactly. Yeah. So to wrap this story for people listening, they're like, this isn't what happened. So after about four years, I was like, this has been amazing. I'm tired and I'm going to take a breather. So I stepped down as producer. I moved to Salt Lake City, Utah. And the last two and a half years I've spent just building a boutique production agency for big wigs who podcast. And then after launching, you know, many shows for people, now it's my joy to be a coach and consultant to hosts and producers. So I've gotten to continue the work and it's been just a delight. But you're, you know, when I listen to your podcast, The Worthful Project, it's, you have little tiny, I mean, they're affirmations, right. or there's little meditations and I'm listening to it. And today I listened to believe, believe in you or mm-hmm. believe in yourself. Believe, believing is beginning maybe. Or you had a card on, you had something. Oh that yes. You, you're the best. I'm literally you're, you're looking the best. at it. I'm oh. like, oh, it's right here. <laughs> yes. Oh yes. You're the best. I just, my girls teaching them and I'm going to go back to that probably a lot because that's my focus right now is teaching them exactly what you talk about. And I, I was like, I'm going to send this episode to them. You know, they're, oh, they're short I'm enough like to so delighted, <laughs> but they're short enough to where I feel like my kids, even the students in my class would be benefit from them. Yeah. But when, when you think of, you know, telling yourself that you're the best, you know, mm-hmm. and really believing it, you know, how do you get from, how do you tell this you know, someone that's like so unsure starting a podcast, not knowing, I mean, your clients, you know, how to do this technical stuff. I mean, I didn't know it, 
but to do you, are you just like rooting them along the way? Do you have tools that you use to kind of empower them to know that they can be, do, or have anything? <laughs> yes. You know, that's been one of the most beautiful kind of syntheses of all this like experience I've had because I had this really technical education. Like I have a technical skill I help people with, but to your exact point, most of what I find myself doing with my clients now, even if they're already like famous and well-known and successful is literally reassuring them and holding them by the hand and walking them through the process that turning on a microphone and sharing your actual voice with the world when you can't see who you're talking to and how it's being received is a very vulnerable experience, like across the board, no matter who you are. And that's been so profound for me to have that privilege because it's not only reinforced what I learned when I was producing the school of greatness. Like we are all human. We're all dealing with the same things. We're all trying to find our way, but that we all have it within us. And it's such a joy for me to like take people by the hand metaphorically, because it's through the screen right? and say like, let's do it. Let's turn on that microphone. Let's go through all the glitches. Let's like make some terrible recordings and make all the mistakes. Let's try a first season. Let's help you find your voice. Let's get those muscles developed. And then we're really going to start to create something magical. And it's just brilliant. Every time everyone has a different experience, everyone has a different message. Everyone has a different impact, but that is time and again, specific to this medium, which is very intimate. And I just think it's the coolest. And of course, like I'm coaching on strategy and branding and marketing and monetization. Like, yes, that all gets rolled in. But the real heartbeat of it is what I learned in those early days as a producer is like bringing yourself to the conversation and leaning into the vulnerability of what happens when we actually speak our truth and are willing to say, this is what's on my heart. And I think other people will get it. Mm -hmm. What is why podcasting to you? Do you just see it being some like future media? Like what is your take on podcasting? Oh my gosh, I love this question. (laughs) So podcasting, I'll give my like very short speech. Podcasting is extremely intimate. Like I just said, there's something about a microphone And yes, a lot of podcasts are filmed now, but I'm going to speak to the audio experience. There's something about when it's just you or just you and another person and a microphone and you have a, you have kind of like unlimited time. Like you're not trying to fit this into a 200 character tweet or what 60 second Instagram video. You're not on TV needing to fit this into a two minute segment. Podcasting allows us to with our actual voices, like these things we were given as children, to speak our experiences, our wisdom, our perspectives, to dialogue in a way that we really can't on any other platform. Like video content is short for a reason, like our attention spans, et cetera. Written content isn't accessible to everyone. You know, there's just a whole bunch of reasons why podcasting uniquely, this experience of having someone's voice in your ears while you're just living your normal life, right? You're cooking, you're running, you're doing errands, you're working out. It's like we're companions to each other in these intimate, mundane moments of our lives. And as you've had the experience, just like me, 
that relationship develops over time because podcasting allows us to spend literally hundreds of hours with each other. I know. Unlike any, like you cannot consume that much Instagram. Like your brain will fry and you'll turn into a potato. So (laughs) this medium lets us connect with each other and build these beautiful relationships that feel so significant that by the time a guest or a listener of your show meets you, in real life or chats with you on a DM or through an email, they're like, you're my best friend. And right. you don't know that, but I know that. Right. And so that's to me, this ma- the magic. And I've just seen it time and time and time again over the years, over many different shows. And I think it's so magical. And, and part of that is because as we've discussed, that was my origin point. That was my right. entire beginning into the world of you know, self-awareness, self-development, self-worth was podcasts. And so no one's surprised that this is how it worked out for me. I agree. Like when I get a DM or someone sends me a message and they're like, oh my gosh, you've changed my life. And now I'm like, what? Like, you know, a lot of times I'm just sitting here talking. I hope someone's listening, you know, like you have no idea. I mean, I'll get a review and think, oh my gosh, someone reviewed my podcast. I asked, but you know, I don't, it's more for me to understand that people are really listening or my friend texted me the other day. She's like, I'm on the beach listening to my weekly Ashley. I'm like, you are like, oh my gosh. Exactly. That happens to me every time. And that's another part of it is that these podcasts can just stay available for years and years and years. Like people can discover them long after they've been published. And when the right person finds it, the person you're speaking to, they're like, this is everything. And you're like, oh, I was kind of just talking to myself. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And then I think for me, like having my guests, like they come in divine timing. And I always know that whoever's in my little queue, you know, is coming in. I wonder why I know I'm going to learn something. I know it's the timing for me. And then I think in my heart and what I believe is everyone that's listening is ready too. Yes. you know? And I think yes. when I think of you and this worthful and this worthiness and, you know, and we're really where I believe is the root of confidence of knowing who you are, of taking bigger steps and dreaming bigger and knowing that you can have, you can do anything, but that really is the the root. So I think what intrigued me about you at your age is that you were, you're trying to bring that out in people and you're Mm. trying to show people the worthy part and through your podcasting and your Instagram and, you know, and it's so authentic and real. And you're just like this sweet little girl and these overalls, I was watching your (laughs) uh, video and I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't know. She's just out walking and talking with her cute overalls. And, and it's just that people can relate. And I want you to talk about the things that you believe are so about worthiness Mm -hmm. and what you feel like why isn't a person worthy or why do you have to own it? Like what takes that part of it? Mm, This is another one of my favorite topics. So thank you for asking. (laughs) Okay. So the brief story of how this concept came to me, my personal podcast is called the worthful project as in full of worth. And this came to me in like mid 2017. I was, you know, full-time working on this show. I was having all these amazing experiences. I was around all these people. I was doing a ton of self-development work myself. I mean, was living in the middle of Los Angeles, working on a show like this. I was taking like every workshop, had so many coaches. And the through line between all of kind of my self-development workshops and coaching was, well, Christine, it looks that your specific journey in life is about your worth. 
and about owning your worth. Like this was the feedback I was getting from coaches. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. So I'd spent a lot of time thinking about this. And one day when I was journaling, I was like, you know, we talk about this word worth a lot and we talk about this word worthy a lot, but there's just a lot of connotation wrapped into these words around like, you have to earn it. You have to have results. Like even from a religious background, like worthy, like righteous, unrighteous, sinner, you know, there's just a lot of baggage around these words, right? Don't want to like bring up it for everyone, but I think we know. So I was journaling one day and I was like, there's gotta be another word. Like, I know that there's a type of worth that has absolutely nothing to do with results, earning, proving, and has everything to do with, like we talked about earlier, the thing that we came with when we are little babies, you know, birthing into the world. And it's like, you're so clear that that baby is full of worth and they haven't done a single thing to prove it. And so I was just kind of messing around with words in my journal and I was like, worthful, worthful like full of worth. And so that's where it started. And so I started a podcast as one does. And I just started exploring, like, what does it mean to people to own their worth? What happens when we own our worth? What would be possible if we lived in a world full of people who own their worth? Mm -hmm. Because your question, like, what does that even mean? The more I conversed with people about this idea of worthfulness, a worth that you're already always full of. You can't add to it. You can't take from it. You can't prove it. The more I found people, you know, sharing with me like, well, this really has to do with our self-perception because clearly it's so easy for me to see all the worth in you. You see all the worth in me. But when it comes to our self-perception of our worth, we get like all these hangups, right? From life experience, trauma, blah, blah, blah. And so that's where I really landed on this personal, you know, lifelong journey and commitment. Let's learn how to own the worth that's innate and then let's discover what's possible. And what I've found, so I've been hosting this show for about four years and you're right, this year, this season, it's all affirmations. (laughs) Like I took a totally different turn. It was like, I'm not going to interview anyone. I'm just going to do these affirmations that I need to hear and hopefully, you know, other people enjoy And what's really come so far through this project is when we own our worth, we not only contribute our very best gifts to the world, but we see the worth in everyone else because we all end up being mirrors to each other. And when we've owned it in ourselves, we can't help but see it in the other person next to us. And when that happens, we can't treat someone as less than like, we can't do it. It's like out of alignment. And so, you know, on the one liner, I think what happens when we own our worth is like world peace. Like we all, we all end up rallying and respecting each other. Right. No, I, you know, I'm taking this class right now where we're working this time on self-discovery, but it's getting in alignment living from love, knowing that that's all there is and everything is perfect. And I know that when, even just for an example, doing this podcast, I'm, you know, 70 episodes in. Yeah. Did I have questions? Yes. Do I, am I worthy? No. What, who am I? I haven't written a book, (laughs) you know, who am I to start a podcast? Right. I can hear that in most people. Like, who am I? I mean, I can't imagine, you know, like, what am I thinking? Right. When you take that step, it's that little bit just that one inch, (laughs) 
that you get to. And then you go, oh, I did that. And then you go to the next thing. You're like, and then all this worth, and then it builds, you know, and the momentum starts to go. And then you start to discover within yourself, like, you know, I am worthy. I am something. And then it, it just keeps, it's like a late, it just keeps layering. I believe in, you know, te- when I teach my classes, it's like, we do these things every week and it's just layering it on. And then you see the confidence in these kids build. And then they're like, I'm worthy of that. And then they they go, yeah, I am worthy of that. But I just believe because when I was raised and I didn't know what I was doing and I left the house at 18 and went to college and didn't drifted around, I didn't have any worth, you know, but gosh, to have that worthiness and go out on this world when you're 18 and you're like, okay, I'm ready to take it on. You know, that is so powerful to me and where my, I'm so passionate about that, but I get the worth thing because when when people understand that that's who we were when we were born, <laughs> before we were born, and realize all those limiting beliefs that we just keep, you know, programming our surroundings, our parents and all that, that we are these like robots. And then to stop and realize, wait, so I'm just the same worthy little baby mm-hmm. and I can do anything. Yes. And to know that you can empower that with what you do with these people and where you're at and what you've learned with your, you know, the Lewis Howe, all those people mm-hmm. that he had and what you were ingesting while you were sitting there, yeah. you know, at your age, yeah. you know, what you learned. And now you didn't question probably quitting and moving and doing your own thing because you had the worth, right? Completely. I love that you put that together because that really was like such a profound moment for me. Like when I got the ping, it was just kind of very clearly, like it was, yeah, it was about four years later and I'd gone to my grandpa's funeral and I was flying back and I was like, oh, I think it's time for me to shift. And I mean, this was like 2018, like everything was going for me. I had this job, I was in LA, it was just great. And then I just gave my notice like the next week. And I just felt so calm because I had like you said, a very grounded practice at that point of knowing my contributions and my gifts are, are here, no matter like the outlet, like I don't need to be associated with like a bigger brand and it's time for me to evolve and now take what I've learned and go to the next chapter. And I did. And it was like, seemingly on paper, like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know, but it's the right move. And it totally was like, Within a couple of weeks of moving to Salt Lake, I like met my husband and then now I've had like all these amazing experiences with these clients and I'm making this business. And I'm like, this is totally the right path. But that's intuition to me, listening yeah. to it because yeah. like your husband was calling you, right? <laughs> you know, like right. you're, you're being pulled because you're like, I don't know why I feel so calm about quitting, but I just know that I have this in me and I'm listening to that voice. And let, and I think, cause I'm at this place where I'm really being, I'm trying to be aware of that voice yeah. and really being, and listening to it and saying, ah, oh, I don't want to question it. I'm just going to do it. And I'm, I've been kind of that way in my life. And I've had experiences, the same thing. Like I'm quitting. I don't have a dollar. I'll just keep it on my credit card. And I just trust. I'm always at, I, those are the words, trust and surrender are my like life or fake it till you make it. <laughs> I've had these moments in my life where I've had these things where I knew in my heart, there was something I have to do it. And I love that because that is what, when I tell my girls, like when you think of something that you want to do, just do it. You never know why. I mean, you can't do, try it, but the worth in that moment, that's the worth. 
because the person that doesn't have that worth is going to question it until they're blue in the face. And then they're like, forget it. Completely. You said it exactly. And, and I think again, like that is what literally all of us talking and listening right now, doesn't matter if you're Ashley and I talking or if you're listening, everyone in this conversation right now, we know what that feels like. Like we've all been at those crossroads of like, my intuition is telling me something that sounds bananas because I don't have the money in the bank. I don't have the credentials. I don't have the experience. And yet the more that we honor, to me, our intuition is the seat. It's the home of our worth. So they're kind of one and the same. But when we honor it and we trust it, it will take us on a road we can't have imagined. And oftentimes it's not a straight path. There are oftentimes many challenges in the path. But to me, learning to trust my worth, my intuition, like there is such a deeper wisdom going on in there that it knows so much more than my brain does. And it always, yes, sometimes it takes a while to see it, but it always leads us to do the work we're here to do, to live up to our purpose, to contribute in the way we're best suited to. And the more we do it, the easier it becomes because we just have more and more evidence to, yeah. you know, lean on. So I want to, cause I have a lot of people that listen to this that are on a search to meet their forever soulmate. Yes. <laughs> and I always say like, you're worthy. You're questioning way too many things about yourself or, you know, you have everything and dating now, I think it's like the, all the apps and I don't know any of that stuff, (laughs) but I believe, I don't know this story, but I want you to share it is because I want to teach my girls that, well, first of all, I love that you didn't get married till you're 33. And I always tell the girls, (laughs) there's got to be three in the front of your number (laughs) because I want your twenties to be fun and free and learn about yourself and grow because that you're in your twenties. Like, I don't feel like you, like I didn't, I didn't know who I was until, you know, I had all these things to do. And that's no the way. fun part, you yeah, know, like totally. growing and making mistakes and going down those breadcrumbs and <laughs> taking the wrong path and getting back on, but getting into your thirties and finding somebody, plus you're a little bit more worthy mm-hmm. <laughs> and you'll meet somebody I feel that is, you're going to attract that, you know? Mm-hmm. So tell me your story and what your tips are or what you would, you know, when someone's out there in their you know, trying to find that soulmate yeah, that you found. Totally. Oh man, I res- resonate so much with what you said. My twenties were just a blast and I had the most extraordinary experiences, you know, highs and lows. It wasn't all sunshine, but it was so invaluable. And I was so clear that I was not mature enough for a relationship yet. So what happened was in my thirties, like my early thirties, I was like, okay, I can feel a shift. I can feel a maturity. I can feel like I've had this incredible decade to myself and I could feel like a very natural shift within me. So I knew I was getting ready to partner with someone, but, um, I didn't have like a timeline or an agenda. I was blessed with this really great career opportunity. And I was like, let's, you know, invest here. So the same around the same time I had this ping to quit my job and leave LA, I had also been doing all this self-worth work, which 
naturally and of course brought up all my past, you know, traumas, insecurities, stories about love and relationships. And I'd been doing a lot of self-work on that. Like very consciously, I had like, I'd gone through the entire seven week course of calling in the one Catherine Woodward Thomas. It's like this beautiful self-study book I'd done it with a group of girlfriends. Like I had been taking tons of like, not that you have to do this, but this was, you know, this is my personality. So I had been doing very conscious preparatory work and I had been like embracing all the crap that had come up. And I was like, yes, we all have it. Here we go. And I've been working on it. So by the time I got this ping to like make a pretty significant move, I wasn't like, oh my gosh, this is about my husband. It's time. But I also knew, you know, this next chapter for you is going to be about relationships. Because the chapter before had been about self-development and career. And the chapter before that had been, you know, its own chapter. So I just internally, I was like, Mm -hmm. this one's going to be about relationship. And that's one of the reasons I knew I needed to slow down and leave the city just because my lifestyle in that city was, you know, a lot of fun. It was a lot of work and I was not really dating because it wasn't a priority. Priority, right. LA is not the most easy city to date. In. Yeah, I can imagine. But so, what was your, yeah, tell me your, like, what are you doing? Like with me, with Richard, I would write out everything that he was, you know, all the, you know, he's this, I would do all the affirmations. I would visualize it. I have a Hallmark card in my pantry that oh, I would read every morning about soulmates. And that was the card he gave yeah, me on my first date oh my or on God. our first trip to go. I was like, oh my gosh, the first card is in my pantry. It's he's, this is exact. What, he must wow. be my soulmate. Oh my gosh. I love this. Okay. So I did do calling in the one, which I totally recommend literally, even if you're in a relationship, it's a fantastic, like self-paced, it's just a book you buy. And she, this renowned therapist takes you through like seven weeks of really good prep work. And it, you go through all your stuff and I did it with a group of girlfriends, but you could do it alone. And then right when I moved, I felt really strongly like I had some trauma energy that was still in my system that I needed to clear. So I hired an energy healer that I perfectly was introduced to. And I like got the ping, like work with her. So I worked for just a few months with this fantastic energy healer, Cole Bambino, who's just a goddess from another realm. <laughs> like the second you meet her, you're like, oh, you're from another heavenly oh, funny. So the energy healing, is it like Reiki? Are you getting, is she, she moving I your mean, blocks? Honestly, I think she was doing so many different modalities. I don't even know what they all were. We were working over the phone because I met her when I was in California oh, wow. and then I moved. But she and I would just do really simple sessions, including breath work and then guided meditations. And she would lead me through, and we were specifically working on removing trauma blocks around safety and relationship and love. And she would like get messages for me and she would just let me know, like, this is what's coming through. And then she would give me homework, you know, for a couple of weeks, like, here's a mantra, here's a meditation, here's a journal exercise. And I can't even tell you to this day what Cole was doing on her end of the line, but it was just the support I needed because unbeknownst to me, I was going to meet my husband literally the second week that I was in this new city. I just quite literally met him in the hallway at church. Like it couldn't have been more normal. It was so normal. And I just didn't even think that was a possibility anymore, you know? But I had met this guy and it was the holidays when we were going on dates. And I was like, oh, this is just cuffing. Like, it's just fun. It's just a holiday fling. But because I've been working with Cole and she was very 
consciously guiding me through kind of things that were coming up energetically, I had the courage and I had the awareness to say like, okay, but open your heart to what this could be. And then after the holidays, we just kept dating and we dated for a year and a half. I mean, it was definitely like a full on dating. Like we wasn't like a, we knew immediately, like we went through it together, but by the time we got engaged and by the time we got married, it was so grounded and we had really gone through stuff together. I mean, that year and a half was like full life experiences, you know, health issues, business building, financial, car crashes, a pandemic, like (laughs) it all got in there. And so that was to me what I needed. I needed to experience real life with someone and I needed to have an open heart. And that energy work I think was so key because I knew I was like, there's some junk in here and I need Mm -hmm. some support to flush it out. And then, you know, when he showed up, I was like, well, at least I have the courage to try. Right. And huh. Or the worth. <laughs> or in Christine's word, the worth. Right? Totally. Totally. <laughs> um, we're coming to the end, but I want to, I want you to like explain. So for you, cause I know you're, you believe in God and yes. all this, you know, how your faith is important. Yeah. What are your values and what do you do? Like for your, do you meditate? Now that you're married, what is your focus with your relationship and how do you, Mm. what's, what are you intending to like make it grow? And how do you, what do you, how do you go there to make sure that still goes? And I know he's a little older, not that much, but you know, you want to have a family and you know, what, what are the things that you've taken away from your life in 34 years that, you know, you want a family, how he would raise them together. You know, he would be a great dad. Totally. But what, what about, what are you doing in that regard to get to that place? Mm, one of the things that was really powerful while we were dating for me. So I had just come from LA and all of these like high powered entrepreneur types. Right. And so I had this very different vision of what partnership looked like because I'd been exposed to all these people who had their own businesses, their own brands, who had a lot of success and I wasn't there yet. But to me, this was the new normal. I was like, right. Oh, this is just, and so early on in, while well, I was dating, my husband, I would just kind of test him and be like, Hey, like he loves telling this story. And it was kind of snarky of me, but it was a test. (laughs) This was like maybe the first month we were dating. It was very early on, but I one day just was like, Hey, I might be famous one day. Are you okay with that? (laughs) And at the time he like was so, so great. He was like, that's fine. I think that's exciting. That's cool. And later in his head, he's like, who does she think she is? You know, but (laughs) he was just like unfazed by sort of my career ambitions, my business ambitions, my entrepreneurial ambitions. Like when we would talk about family planning, I was like, you know, I'm really planning on scaling and being able to build a business that can support a whole family that won't like have me going crazy. I was like, you know, are you good with that? And he was like, I would love to be like a house husband who's like super involved with the kids. And it was just such an integral part of our dating and engagement. So now in our first year of marriage, you know, that it's not like I waved a magic wand and was like, and I have it all figured out. Right. But it's like, it's common between us. We're like, okay, our goal is to scale my business to a place where it can support the whole family in a really sustainable way where I'm not like working very much and that we have kids and we literally co-parent 
he will be one of the biggest supports of the whole thing. And that's been just like, I've, I've felt so incredibly lucky because I know what a unique and kind of unprecedented opportunity women of my generation have and to have a partner who gets it. Like he has five older sisters and a very wonderful, strong feminist mother. So he was like really prepared for this kind of partner. But that to me has become like one of the things I value most in our partnership is that he understood the vision and I understood his vision and what was really important to him. And that we could say, we're going to do things differently than a lot of our peers. And that's going to be okay. And it's probably going to take a lot longer and have a totally different timeline, right? but we see what's possible. And so I think that's been one of my favorite things and also kind of made me appreciate him so much because I can't guarantee the timeline on this. I'm like, I'm working really hard, but I don't know when this is all going to align and click. And it's been so powerful to experience that with a partner and let him into my world and be like, I'm doing my best, but like, I don't know. And there's days where he literally like picks me up and is like, it's okay. You can do this. Like, keep oh, going. Sweet. Do you do things together? Do you meditate or do rituals? Do you have that kind of things I mean, in common? Tried. We've tried different things. I don't think we have a consistent practice, but we've definitely meditated together. We've sometimes done yoga together. My personal favorite. That's I'm like having a fantasy if we do yoga together. We've just, even during the pandemic, it was little things like taking walks around the neighborhood together, just like finding ways that we knew would like nourish both of us. And those have become some of my favorite And a lot of it, like, not to, like, make us sound more spiritually evolved than we are. A lot of it was literally out of, like, deep necessity because we quite literally got married in the middle of the pandemic in July of 2020. And so we were in, like, a crazy situation of, like, lockdown and isolation. And so a lot of it was just, like, holy bananas. We have got to do something. Let's turn on a meditation. And that's really, like, bonded us. Oh, that's so neat. Anyone that got married, I'd look back at those people in 2020 or had a baby. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, just amazing. You know, we'll it's never truly look back. extraordinary. I know. I'm like, we will have this forever. Like our wedding photos, we took a full family photo with everyone wearing masks. I'm like, that's uh, like already ready for a time capsule. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. So at the end of here, tell me for some, I want to know where you're going to be in 10 years. So when you're 44, what do you okay. have like five kids, oh, a business? I love, I love future regime. Okay. So when I'm 44, I think we'll be lucky if we have three kids, but that would be amazing. And my business, Worthful Media, will be just this beautiful home for creators and micropreneurs. We'll have like Worthful Studios. So there'll be a studio podcast space right here in Salt Lake. I'll have the production agency. I'll have the coaching. I'll be beautifully supported by a wonderful team of people who are just beautifully contributing to the mission of Worthful Media and we'll be just serving the most wonderful people around the world with creating their messages through podcasting. Our kids will be just thriving with two really present parents and we won't be working that hard. I'm not one to like glorify a busy work day. So it'll be a very full life and not a lot of it will be spent focused on career. Right. And I think that's the benefit or the plus having children older like I did. And I, you know, I know I don't look back at raising those girls and wishing I did more or wishing I wasn't, you know, here or there. I was there, you know, fully present 
to, couldn't even go back and say, I wish I did something different. I mean, uh, there's moments of course, right. That, Oh, yeah. I wish I could take that away. But for the most part, you know, I look back and I, you know, it's such a good feeling at 52 years old to know that I have three years left with Paige and Presley's 12 going into seventh grade, but, you know, looking at as a mom, mm-hmm. you know, and knowing that you were present and you mm-hmm. were there to like do everything you could to provide the worthiness <laughs> that they are so worthy. I think that's the game changer. When I see yeah. kids that don't have that worth, it's, it's when, you know, they, maybe the parents didn't really know then, you know, and they maybe did a little early and they still were like, Oh, I wish I knew that now, Ashley, totally. you know, I wish, you know, I don't, I just love knowing that. And I, you'll totally. be that way too. And it's such a feeling of knowing that you did your everything you could to create this family with the right mindset and raise these beautiful humans mm-hmm. that have been gifted to you through you, that they get to go on their way when they're 18 and do, know that they did, that they can go and do that. And mm-hmm. you have the faith and you can live that way and know that there's no question in your head that mm-hmm. they have the tools because you fulfilled every little thing in them. And I love that. And that's what I see in you. So in 20 years, you're going to have to see these three little babies Mm. out of the nest, right? It goes by so fast. Totally. And it's just the most rewarding, beautiful, nothing compares to it in being a mom. And you will be a beautiful mom. Thank you. You're welcome. It was so fun meeting you and talking to you. It was like talking to my friend in Salt Lake City. (laughs) (laughs) And when I come, I'll call you or I'll text okay. you. <laughs> but thank you, Christine, for You're being welcome. here. And to find you, it's the Worthful Project Podcast. The Worthful Project Podcast, or you can just go to christinebaird.com and that has links to all my stuff. All right. And Instagram. And Instagram is at worthfulchristine. Yeah. And it's so cute. You have to go see her on Instagram. <laughs> She's the most, the cutest thing ever. Well, thank you. It's been so fun. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments or feedback please contact me at the uncover your magic website thank you so much for listening and don't forget always look for the magic